Welcome to the Dogs Are the Best Friends podcast. I'm Emily, and my best buddy, Flynn, is here too. The purpose of this podcast is to bring you some dog stories and a few tips along the way to help you and your best friend communicate. Hello, my crazy for the canine friends. I am so glad you're here today. This story will warm your heart. Last week, we heard about April and Archer's story. April shared how Archer has changed her life and actually has saved her life many times. You see, Archer is a medical alert dog. If you missed the episode, just go back one and have a listen. I actually learned about today's guest from April. This guest has a very unique dog story as she discovered her love of dogs and training at a very young age. Libby has created a free and complete resource with medical alert dogs. Please be sure to subscribe and leave a review as this helps other dog lovers find us. You know what? If you know some dog lovers, be sure to just share it with them as well. I have a little trivia challenge for you today. Why do dogs yawn? To enter on my website, there's a contact form on dogsarethebestfriends.com. Leave me your name and where you're from if you'd like. And the answer, the first correct entry wins. I will read the winner's name on the next episode. Without further ado, have a listen to Libby as she talks about her journey from loving dogs to creating this program. Libby, I'm so glad that you're here today. I'm so happy to get to talk to you. You are a dog trainer and you do the most fascinating kind of dog training work to me. I have not spoken with anybody like you before. Just give us a little intro about you, about yourself, how you got into being a, a, the crazy for the canines person that you are. <laughs> and we just would love to know about you. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm thrilled to be able to share my story uh, with your listeners. I got started in this um, back when I was, I think, seven years old. So I was a dog lover pretty much from the start. Um, And I wanted a puppy and my parents, they got me a corgi puppy. And I was seven years old and the deal was I had to go to training with it. Um, Good. And I fell in love with the training aspect. So I was learning how to teach my dog all these things. And I thought this was like the coolest thing ever. Um, And it really all grew from there. So I started taking care of other people's dogs when they were on vacation, boarding them in my home. And then I kind of transitioned over to being able to train clients, um, either to train their dogs or I would take their pet dogs and teach them the obedience commands. Um, And this was really neat opportunity because I was able to learn essentially the best methods um, for me that were most effective because I had about 55, 60 puppies that I worked with and I was able to experiment with them and figure out, okay, this worked better than that. Some puppies need this, some puppies need that and kind of realize that it's, it is all unique, but there is also um, a foundation and kind of a protocol that I found works really well. Um, so that was really fun. Um, but pretty soon I wanted to do more. Um, I love training the pet puppies. I love the clients that I worked with, but I kind of wanted to get into the service dog realm. Wow. But at the time I was probably, um, 14, 15. How does a 14, 15 year old get into the service dog realm? (laughs) So that was a little tough. Um, just kind of not knowing what to do. Sure. Um, But my good friend has type 1 diabetes and his family started exploring the idea of a diabetic alert dog. So these are dogs that are trained to alert to low and high glucose levels. 
Um, specifically, it's usually type 1 diabetics. So that's um, an autoimmune disorder. It's nothing that they could have done differently. It's um, something that we don't even know the cause of. But essentially, the beta cells in their pancreas just, they call it quits one day, and they stop making insulin. Um, and so it causes this disease, which requires uh, constant monitoring and is um, really a beast of a disease. And a lot of people, even with the technology, need something else. But um, these dogs are able to detect the scent that the people put off when they have high or low blood sugar. Um, wow. So anyways, his family started kind of just looking into that and talking to me because they knew that I trained dogs and wondering, you know, if this would be possible. So that got me started down the path of just researching it and trying to figure out, okay, how does this work? Yeah. How is this possible? Is this real even? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Or is this one of those made up things? Sure. Yeah. True. Good point. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I kind of just started reading everything I could find. There's a lot of honestly, Facebook posts and blog posts because nobody really wants to share this because the dogs sell for about $25,000. Wow. So nobody really wants to share their secret method for how to make these. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah. April said that, you know, it took a while to raise that money to mm -hmm. go buy Archer. These diabetic alert dogs. And out of the blue, was, so to so out right? of the blue, yeah, yeah. out of the blue or something, something like that. <laughs> um, he asked about that and I had this, um, my notes written up on my desk laying there uh -huh. and I was like, well, I, I mean, I have heard of them. I've wanted to train one. Um, but again, I was, I think 15 at the time. <laughs> um, and anyways, we just started a conversation and they met me at a coffee shop. Um, he and his wife and his eight year old daughter who has type one diabetes. And they said, you know, it, we would love to help you learn how to do this and we would love to have one. So basically they gave me the opportunity to completely experiment with this, yeah. knowing that I was at the time, I think I was then 16 when I started the project. Um, it was my first service dog at all, but they gave me the opportunity to give it a shot. And the kind of the deal was if the dog worked great, Right. And if it didn't, they would have a really well-trained pet. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh my goodness. That's amazing though. I, number one, I love that you were so young because people need to not be put off like by anybody young, just because yeah. they're younger doesn't mean they don't have the drive and the wisdom and the, right. Mm -hmm. the, the ability exactly. to do this. And number two, I love that you're young because it encourages other people if they're listening to let their mm -hmm. kid or let themselves do what they want to yeah. do. No age yeah. should stop you if you're 15 no. or 16 or if you, you know, you're, I don't know, 75, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. It shouldn't matter. Yeah. Thank you. I love that you yeah. shared that. That's awesome. Absolutely. If you have a passion, go with it. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Wow. So that was your first client. How did it go? <laughs> so it went wonderfully. Um, the dog is very successful diabetic alert dog. Um, I think the girl is probably 14, 15 now. Wow. Um, and the dog still, she does her job. She alerts day oh. and night. And um, it's really phenomenal because really my um, training methods have changed quite a bit since then. Sometimes I look back and I'm like, wow, I am very impressed with that dog being able to learn through my experimentation. <laughs> Dogs are so, amazing. I don't know they about are. you, but they're so amazing. Even though we mess up, I, I just put out an episode 10 talking about mm -hmm. my three dogs so far in my adult life. And the first one, oh gosh, did I mess up with her? You know, and she still was a wonderful dog and she was crazy. You know, like we called her Morgan the Maniac. But then I learned, thankfully through connecting with different dog lovers and trainers, I learned finally how to 
control her and get her to mm-hmm. be a nice dog. Good for you. You've come a long way. Yeah. Yeah. You've learned a lot, which is, and that's yeah. so good that you just took it on. You didn't think, oh, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't take this on. You did. You didn't, you know, doubt yourself. You just went for it. And I'm oh. so glad that family <laughs> let you go for it. I, they are incredible. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> I cannot believe that they, they took me up on that. I currently still train one each year. Okay. Um, I don't really do more than that just because I don't want to lose the in-home mm. um, training that my dogs get. They're part of my family. Um, they do everything with mm. me. They go to school. They go to meetings. Um, everything I do, they do. Okay. And if you get too many, then it becomes a kennel environment. So right now, I'm just doing one at a time. Um, wow. So I kind of kept doing that. And then, let's see, I um, went to the University of Pennsylvania for my undergraduate degree. Mm-hmm. And I uh, convinced them to let me train a diabetic alert dog while I was there. Okay. Um, so the dog went to classes with me and things. Uh-huh. Um, but while I was there, I met this uh, mentor, Mr. Uh, Bill Levy, who was absolutely incredible. And I, um, he was very supportive of everything that I was doing. And I mentioned that I wanted to basically help um, eliminate this mystery around diabetic alert dogs. Yeah. So in the field, there's a lot of unknowns of this kind of big black box of how do the dogs work? Is it magical? Maybe. Um, Interesting. Because again, Nobody wants to share that information. And what a shame. Um, Can I just say that right out to like everybody, whoever listens to this, what a shame that you wouldn't share that when you are talking about people's lives, you know, like money over lives, really, I just don't even comprehend that at all. But I'm just going to say it. So there, it's out. (laughs) Yes. So, and that's exactly what I was thinking. And um, the reality is too, that the demand far outweighs the supply. Um, And additionally, if I was able to figure out at 16, there's probably a lot more people that can train even just an in-home diabetic alert dog. So I had this idea where I wanted to share this information. Um, And in order to do that, um, I'd already written a book on just regular puppy training. So I wanted to write a second book specifically on diabetic alert dog training to explain my methods, even though it's not the only method, it would explain the science behind it. Like, How does this work? This is from a dog training perspective. This is why it works. They're not magical. And it's not even something that some dogs can do and other dogs can't. It's really just a matter of the dogs smell this and then the dogs learn, I get a cookie. So I should let you know that I want my cookie now. (laughs) That's all it is. It's not complicated. (laughs) Um, Uh But I wanted to explain that because a lot of families were getting taken advantage of Mm. um, with kind of these impossible promises. Um, but it's because there wasn't information out there. So how would they know any better? Right. Of course they wouldn't. They're, they're families with diabetes. They're not dog trainers and they're not scientists. So you've written a book about diabetic alert dogs or you're in the process of, of writing that? Yeah. So I have written the first edition. Um, and so essentially this mentor, um, he knew that I wanted to do this project but in order to do this project, I needed money because I wanted to do uh, both a book, which costs money for editors, layout, etc., cetera, um, and also a video series. And so that was going to require a videographer to help set things up and to edit to make it professional quality. Um, and the purpose was to let people know how these dogs worked, but also to teach people how to train their own diabetic alert dog. Step by step, this is how you do it. This mentor, he totally believed in me and he said, well, why don't you create a nonprofit? Um, I was like, that sounds like a really big thing. (laughs) I don't know that I can do that. (laughs) Um, But he said, no, you you should really look into it. 
And um, he just kind of kept encouraging me to do it. And uh, so I looked into it and I decided to, um, that that was the right route and um, to found one. So we founded it. And um, then he organized um, a charitable trust donation to allow this project to happen. He uh, really helped me with that. And from there, um, with those funds, we were able to create this video series and this book wow. and put it all out there for free. So it's on our website at mddogs.org and it's a um, 110 page book that you download as a PDF for free. And then there's a video series that you get, I think it's like 35 videos and it goes from you know, how to choose a dog um, how to do a temperament test, um, what breeds you want, um, to then set training. And there's 14 steps. It says step one is this, step two is this. Um, so it's just very straightforward, very simple, and lets you just go straight through the process yourself and do it yourself. Or anybody can log on and learn, okay, this is how it works. Now I can go ask organizations how they train their dogs mm. or at least better understand the process. True. So I know what to expect and maybe what doesn't sound quite right um, or that the dogs aren't quite, you know, trained to the level I'd like. Right. Um, so it just gives the public more information. And that was pretty much our whole goal with it. Um, so the book is already out there um, as a, a PDF. The uh, first edition is, and then in a couple weeks here, we're about to release the second edition which will uh, be also available on Amazon. That's amazing. Print. I'm just going to support it out. And I hope that people go <laughs> and support. I will be going to your website and supporting you. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank because you. Everybody Thank else is charging that kind of money. And then you're like, here, no, I want to give you all of my knowledge. I've worked hard <laughs> to get, right? And I'm so grateful yeah. that man came into your life to help support it too. Because yeah. these, pe these mm -hmm. folks need help. I mean, that's just like, it's just, you know, what April said is, you know, changed her life. So yeah. somebody like me just go and, you know, go ahead and find the dog and do this and then donate it to somebody with type one diabetes. It's, it's a little bit messy in terms of the um, public access work is what is really difficult. Um, and that's what most of the dogs will wash out for. Mm -hmm. So the benefit to diabetics training their own is that even if the dog washes out or that's what we call for flunking, right. even if they flunk, um, right the public access work, a diabetic still has it in their home to alert to their highs and lows. Um, and that also means if they're not going in public, that they're typically a bit better at um, night alerts because they're not exhausted from going to Kroger and Walmart throughout the day. Yes, anyone can. There's no certification for training your own um, or for training for others. There's, there's no, in the United States at least, um, there's no kind of a global um, overall certification that you need. So absolutely. Okay. Um, the biggest issue is that it's just a lot. There's a high risk for failure um, okay. for any dog, for the full service dogs. Yeah. Um, and it's just a lot of time and a lot of work. <laughs> um, but yeah, absolutely. Pretty much anybody can train if they just put in the time and the effort. Um, and that's the biggest thing that we emphasize with MD dogs is, Anybody can do it. You just have to have a lot of patience and a lot of persistence and um, then realize that it's not a guaranteed success because they're all, they're all dogs. Um, it's a little bit like not every you know, eight-year-old is going to be able to be a brain surgeon. Right. They're just not. Right. Some people are going to be fantastic artists right. and they're, they're not going to be wired to be a brain surgeon. And it's the same thing with the dog. So it's just about kind of all throughout the process, setting yourself up for success and trying to find the dog that will want to be a brain surgeon right. and one who will want to do this job and then setting up their lifestyle so that they'll want to do it 
and be prepared for it. Um, but absolutely, it's it's not rocket science. <laughs> yeah, no, and and that's the biggest thing with dog training is the consistency. Whatever you're doing, whether you just want it to be a well-being pet, like I did with my guy, I want to be able to take him everywhere with me. I want him to be able to go to restaurants with me, right? I mean, I just you know outdoors, obviously, but you know what yeah. I mean, like yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, I just want him to be able to travel and everything, and that's that's yeah. the biggest factor. So that's interesting that you obviously it's the same thing with an alert dog. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. It has to be consistency and taking the time to observe your dog and watch how they're reacting to things. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And ultimately they're happier for that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so, um, so there's no certain breeds, any kind of dog would be able to to be an alert dog, correct? I mean, yes, there's, yeah. Um, there's no breed that is, you know, that is the breed for a diabetic alert dog. Um, not at all. There's all sorts. Um, there's Husky mixes, there's, um, you know, beagles, golden retrievers, Um, with that being said, there are kind of the three breeds that are going to set you up for success Mm. are going to be the golden retrievers, the labs and the poodles. Um, and the reality is that that's because they are bred, um, with a temperament that fits service work. Um, it's just because they're food motivated they love to eat all of them. (laughs) Um, they're confident, they're people pleasers, um, all these breeds that, you know, they were originally bred, all of those were for, as retrievers, but those retrieving breeds tend to be pretty good at service work. Um, whereas if you get, for example, a lot of terriers, you just get other issues. But um, you can absolutely have excellent diabetic work dogs that are terriers. But just the most successful ones are going to be those, those three typical breeds, which if you think about it is the exact same reason why guide dogs are usually those breeds. Right. You know, there's, there's ones that if you're going to maximize your chances of success, those are the ones you'll go with, but by no means do you have to go with those. Cause you see, it is a lot of work. So that's where you can kind of see where the money comes in that ooh, they need exactly. to, to do their job, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some people who, um, they use MD dogs and they learn about it. And part of the purpose was so that you could go then be an educated buyer of a fully trained one. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Libby. You're wonderful and you're amazing. And thank I you. can't thank you enough for your time. Libby's organization is called MD Dogs. And you can find them at the website mddogs.org. I hope Libby's story inspires you to go for your dreams. Whatever it is, whether it's dog related or something that you've been thinking about for a long time or something that you think you're the wrong age to do, please just go for it. And I think the world will be better for it. Dearest dog folks, I wish you peace and blessings. See you next episode.